Hi, and welcome to Intuitive Journey with Desiree. I am Desiree Holmes Sharini, your host. Thank you for being here. I really do appreciate it. And I'm going to start with this because I usually forget to say this is um, I do appreciate you watching my videos. And I also want to let you all know that I have a podcast by the same name, Intuitive Journey with Desiree, that you could follow me on. And I would greatly appreciate any followers there and um, any comments that you'd like to make reviews on that site as well. It's the same in information. Sometimes the podcast might have an extra episode that I don't have here on video, but in general, it's the audio version of this. So if you're ever wanting to catch up on past things that you missed, I have it all there. You can listen to all the podcasts instead of searching for the video to find a particular subject. So it's easier to find all the topics I've covered and I hope to see you there, you know, so it's intuitive a journey with Desiree on podcast. Also, uh, you can find me as trans hypnotherapy on Facebook. I have a, a professional page there for my hypnosis and life coaching where I post stories. I share articles. I, uh, uh, update people on my events, what I'm doing, if I'm going to a conference or speaking someplace or anything. So you can find more information there. Also on Instagram, I am a Desiree hypnotic life coach and artist. So uh, as many of you may know, if you're watching this, I don't know that I'm also a professional artist and arts instructor. And I often try to combine those things together. So arts, hypnosis, life coaching, and as well, metaphysics, uh, spirituality, the psychic and mediumship uh, areas, they all come together. So in any of these places, I like to share information and explore those things with you. So thank you for being here. And today I will cover something that's in the life coach area, and it's grief and loss. And in particular, what I wanted to talk about was uh, sharing the point that uh, grief and loss doesn't always come from the obvious ways. So first, I'm going to uh, talk about the stages of grief. And they are. this is from um, Kubler-Ross, who specialized in grief and loss and found that there were these common stages people go through, and not always in the same order. And sometimes they might... Um, go back and forth, like you've gone through a stage and you back up. But in general, there's denial. There's sometimes isolation, just withdrawing and, and just trying to ignore that something happened, that it's not true, and disbelief. Then follows the guilt, like the guilt, uh, say if someone died, you might have guilt of survival. Um, and that happens with PTSD a lot. Uh, people coming back from war. You might have guilt that you did something or you didn't do enough, right? There's anger that uh, how could this happen and why would this happen? There's bargaining. And that's sort of, um, you know, not like you can make it come back, but like, oh, if only I had, or maybe if I do this, I'll be happy. Or, or uh, you know, depending on what it is, obviously you can't bring someone back to life if they've passed, but almost that kind of a thinking. Um, <clears throat> depression and that's when you feel hopeless helpless that you have no power to change 
the events that have taken place. And then finally, you will arrive at acceptance. And that's when you can move forward, kind of getting that bigger view of everything, knowing it's not the end of the world, and that life goes on, things improve, and that's always the case. So today while I'm talking to you, that's what I want to focus on is that it always gets better. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I have some uh, references here so I don't forget some things that I want to talk about. We have our obvious losses, our obvious things that say you lose a job, um, your house burns down, a loved one dies, you lose a pet. Um, uh, losses that are related to um, like a, an accident, for example. Say somebody you know, breaks a leg and they, they can never uh, run again and they loved running, okay? Then there are other losses that aren't as obvious. They um, might be things like moving, changing teachers in schools for children, um, getting sick. Uh, success can be a loss. And so some of these are kind of tricky. Like maybe you get something like uh, a a ray, not a raise, <laughs> what that, but a, a new job, and you've lost your old job, and we don't really think about things in that area like that. <clears throat> um, a loss of uh, a dream, a cherished idea, something that you've wanted, and it, you you realize it's not going to happen, and then you suffer that loss, uh, as well as like long term goals. <clears throat> Other obvious losses that we might not think of as losses when they happen, but there's like a, a loss to safety and integrity when you, say, have a violent crime, something like a, a rape or uh, even a break-in. You, you lose, you, even though the person's not there and you weren't harmed per se physically, there's an emotional loss of a sense of safety. So all of these things will still cause you to go through certain stages and, and to have a grief and a grieving period and, and feel a sense of loss. Some other losses that aren't as obvious are uh, those things where you lose a sense of control or uh, expectation. And examples of those are uh, you, you have a symptom and you're waiting for the test to come back. Or say a cancer, um, someone be, being treated for a cancer or some other uh, serious disease, waiting to find out if the treatment's going to work or not. Uh, waiting on a lawsuit, for example. Um, a smaller example might be a lover's quarrel. And a really good example of this that causes grief and loss is something that you wouldn't think of is the lover's quarrel where the... Um, one or the other parties or both parties aren't speaking to each other where there's silence and there's no resolution coming. And so waiting for that, uh, the mouths to open, waiting for that opening to come to, to come to a solution, a resolution one way or the other. But in the meantime, there is a, a loss of sense of safety again when that happens. <clears throat> Okay, also on again, off again, relationships, very similar, the, the silent treatment, the I'm gone, I'm back, I'm gone, I'm back, you, you don't know. So there's a loss of um, security with that too. Okay, so put that away. So how now thinking of all those things in, you can probably go back looking at your own life or even people around you and 
if you didn't understand your emotions and your feelings at a time when uh, something was going on, maybe this might give you uh, insight into you were experiencing grief and you would never have thought to call it that other than for the obvious reasons when we just think of death or, or job loss or something major that um, people will acknowledge or that you would even acknowledge for yourself. Maybe you've known somebody who just seems down to the dumps and, and anxious and um, upset and you don't get what's wrong with them but maybe this is their reaction of grief associated with something that you would not have thought of as something that would cause this. And some of the things you can look for to recognize if you are in fact probably going through a grieving stage is loss of appetite, short temper, fatigue, feeling um, fuzzy-minded, anxious for no good reason, um, jittery, uh, non-communicative, and just an overall sense of kind of fear. And a lot of times we don't know why we're feeling this way. We're just like, I don't know. I just feel weird. So if you take time to look at your life and say, well, what's been going on? What's happening? Where, where might I have lost something that may be causing this? And for some of us, there's even, like I said, a, a goal. At you Maybe you've realized uh, that trip you wanted to go on, even, like a trip you'd been planning for a long time, it, you're not going to be able to afford or you have to cancel or for whatever reason. And there, there's a little loss there. Obviously, your symptoms won't be as high, but you could still have some of these symptoms and you could still need to go, maybe go through these, these steps of recognizing what's happening. And just being aware and recognizing can help you to say, oh, well, that's what it is. And just start taking care of yourself and helping yourself move faster rather than just not knowing why you're feeling weird. Same thing with a friend or a family member if you go through you know, recognizing or helping them. So there are people that... Um, say, lose a job after many years, and it can be quite a shock, especially if it comes on suddenly, that this, especially people that work such long hours, and this was their day to day to day, this was every day, and it was sort of like having a family member die, because to go from a normal routine, a normal you know, place, normal interactions with the same people practically every day of your life for years, and then to have that suddenly stop. Even if the job was a bad job, even if the job was one you didn't enjoy, even if you didn't like the people, even if you didn't like what you're doing in your commute, all of those things, regardless of the fact that you will eventually, if you haven't already, see it as a freedom or a good thing. It is a good thing. You're just not experiencing it. You still are going to suffer these stages of grief because it is such an abrupt or, or huge change in your pattern. And so talking about patterns, our, our brains are organs that like 
repetition and they like pattern and they like repeats. And that's why a bad habit is hard to break because even if it's not good, the brain likes to stick with the pattern and it's, that's how it works. It wants to just keep, you know, going the same synapses, fire the same, same synapses. And that's what the brain does. So to make a change, say from a habit, we have to purposely force ourselves to do something differently until that becomes a new normal. So just like that, this is what happens when there's a major change. We slowly get used to the new normal. There's not a lot you can do to force it. And I'm going to get into some strategies for helping you um, get past uh, grieving stages, but you can't really force it. And so what will happen is as the new normal, this change becomes your new normal, you will gradually go through these steps and, and finally arrive at an awareness and an acceptance of this new normal and then be able to move on to positivity, optimism, really looking forward to things instead of looking back at what you've lost. An example would be, say someone passes away and you've been with this person, just like the job where it's been every day. Even if you didn't like the person or the job, if you've been together every day, much more difficult if this was someone you dearly loved, much more difficult if it was a great job that you, you really loved. So first you have the, the loss and you wake up the next morning and you rem remember that person's gone. And that's probably the, the most grievous day. Same thing, you wake up in the morning, you normally go to work, and you realize that's just not there. Um, say your house burns down, some, some big tragedy. You, you know, you, the next day when you wake up is when there's that shock. There's that like, oh, wow, I'd forgotten. Because you were asleep for a little while, a little peace, and you wake up and you have to face it again. Now, every day... Just the state of waking up is going to remind you, oh, yes, that's not, that's not true anymore. And there's grieving, there's sadness, there's crying, and you move forward. You move forward and say, after a couple months, you don't wake up and automatically expect the person to be there or to get in your car and go to that job because now you've gotten used to the new normal. Uh, when I lost my dog, um, I mean, I've lost a few pets, but if, for the longest time, anything dark on the floor, I, you know, immediately think, oh, it's the dog, right? Because it was my expectation that was in my brain. And, you know, then I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah he's gone. Um, same thing uh, with my last dog that passed away, probably like, a month after she was gone, I was out driving, running errands, and I had this sudden panic attack. I had to get home and let her out. And then I went, oh, yeah, I forgot. She's gone. So these things will happen. Um, and my mom passed away last year, and I'll see something in the store. And I'm like, oh, she'll like that. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I won't buy it. I'll buy it for me. <laughs> my mom would like that. <laughs> so, but... You know, I, I forget. You know, we forget even even months and years later, little things will will forget and we'll go, Oh yeah. And but as these time passes and as new events, people, things uh get in between that event and now 
we start to buffer it, that that single memory of a loss or experience gets buffered by these other things that take place. So what are some of the things that you can do to help you? The first thing you can do is just give yourself a break. Don't expect to feel better. Don't be a tough guy. It's okay to cry. It's okay to feel it. If you, if you try to push that down and don't allow the feelings to come out, then they're going to come up some other way or, or they're going to build up as uh, some sort of anxiety or stress. And it's okay to allow yourself to feel that loss and to work through that. It's also okay not to rush it. You know, people will say, okay, got to get, get on with it. It's all, you know, just forget about it. It's, it's okay not to rush things. Don't push yourself to feel differently than you do. Don't try to um, mask it. Uh, also, don't try to drown it or mask it with, say, uh, drugs or alcohol or uh, other things to numb your your feelings it's not going to work in the long run and it's in the short run it's probably just going to make you feel worse because they intensify emotions often so allow yourself to find some natural ways of self-care and treat yourself i often say this treat yourself as if you were taking care of your own child, someone you love. If you have, have a pet you love or a child you, you care about, how would you treat that child or that pet if they were grieving or sick? You would comfort them. You would help them feel better. You would not push them and say, oh, stop being a crybaby, I hope, right? So treat yourself the way you would someone you care about and love. That means showing tender, loving care. That means being patient. That means even listening to yourself. So if you had someone who, who needed to talk, you know, go find a friend to talk to. If, if you need a therapist, go find a therapist. Hypnosis can help you also calm your mind. Of course, as a hypnotherapist, I, I love to share that point, that hypnosis, uh, even doing some uh, regression therapy, can help you in that area of reviewing past life or previous life events and helping to um, address them. If there were any uh, anything left undone between you, say, and the person who passed on, or helping you to go deeper into your subconscious and help resolve some feelings that might be there of guilt or shame or anger and they can help you not get rid of them, not, but may help you speed them up because you will have intensity of feeling, but this may help you uh, what's right, make peace with these feelings and understand and allow these feelings to just be and flow and then go. Other things you can do is meditation, finding peace and quiet. Uh, finding a good book to take a break and, and kind of escape into a little bit to allow yourself to not constantly be focusing on your loss. Allow yourself to have a good time with friends if you're feeling it. One of the things that people do <clears throat> when they've lost someone they love in particular 
is they sometimes feel like they shouldn't be happy, that that would be disrespectful, or they should just always be sad because that person has passed away, especially if they have a sense of guilt that they didn't do something they should have, or they didn't go to see them when they should have, or, or something like that. But that doesn't serve anyone. It's not out of respect that you should be sad. It's out of, you know, if that person cared about you, would they want you to spend the rest of your days being unhappy? I don't think so. Absolutely not. So embracing life and living your life to the fullest, regardless of if someone that you love is past, is your right and it's your goal. It's what they would want if they truly loved you and cared about you. They don't want you to suffer. So if you think about it that way, um, not being happy another day in your life or not being able to move on or part with their, their things does not serve you and it doesn't do anything for them. So think of that as well. What other pointers can I give you? Well, standardly, uh, for a major loss, they say that it takes about a year to get completely through it and really uh, be more of the observer rather than subjectively in it. Certainly, there will be moments where uh, sort of sadness comes back up, but it will be less sadness and more of a memory. So eventually, what will happen about a loss, and let's use the, the passing of someone as an example, Eventually, when you think of that person, you'll be able to laugh at memories. You'll be able to uh, enjoy memories and think of it that way uh, as opposed to that experience of sadness and grief that they're not there still. The same thing, say, with a job or with just about anything else is you'll have memories of the place, the people, the things but it will be more like watching a movie and less like living the movie. It will be separate. And like I said, it's as events and time come between the event and the now. You'll have other things that have created this buffer and experiences, and your brain will have the time to create your new normal and new uh, patterns. So... The goal is allow yourself to grieve. Know that it's normal and it's okay. Feel the feelings, but also recognize the feelings for what they are. Be in touch with yourself and take time to minimize the pain of the feelings by doing self-care. By, like I said, meditation, talk to friends or a therapist or even kind of talk to yourself, you know, just write things down, maybe even use a journal to get your feelings out there. And then you can close the book and use that as a process of writing your feelings. And then when you close the book, it can be sort of a, um, can't think of the word when you, there's a word, but when you close the book, this could be sort of a, a thing that you do on a regular basis to get it out, close the book, and allow you to go forward in that day 
knowing that you've expressed yourself instead of carrying it with you all day. It helps you set things aside because we all know that we have to keep living, keep going to work, keep dealing with other people. And yes, I said feel the feelings, but I know too, you can't just go around crying all day long. So one way to isolate those feelings is to go ahead and acknowledge them. Give yourself a space and a time to feel them, to cry, to emote with a friend, a therapist, a journal, and then use that idea of closing the book and setting that time aside, knowing that every day you're going to be able to reflect on it and allow it to dissipate. Yeah, self-care, that's it. Allow yourself to grieve and recognize that grief really can happen to this with the smallest of things. And sometimes if you're feeling kind of lost, anxious, sad, jittery, uh, fearful, and, and sometimes even symptoms, like physical symptoms can come up, that you don't know where they're coming from, look at your life and see what's happening. Have you had a loss that's not so obvious? And give yourself a break. So thanks for listening, and I hope you take good care of yourself. I'm Desiree Holmes-Sharini, and thank you for being here with Intuitive Journey with Desiree. See you later. Bye.